Hello and welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast episode 48. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And uh, today's podcast is entitled, We're Podcasting in the Rain. So is that podcasting in the rain is what you're saying? Yes. You're trying to sing it? Yes. Oh, what a glorious feeling, we're podcasting again. I mean, if we were podcasting in the rain, it would be um, definitely a health and safety hazard. Yes. Um, There's a lot of electrical equipment in here. So obviously we're not doing that, but it is raining outside. And the reason we named our podcast that is that we've had quite a lot of issues with uh, flooding, haven't we, in South Yorkshire, for those people who listen outside of South Yorkshire, and possibly some of areas in the UK as well, of course. Yes. Uh, they've had problems with flooding, but particularly us this time. Uh, yes, Sheffield itself, where we both reside, had its heaviest day of uh, rainfall for well over 30 years um, last Thursday, so a week ago today as we record it. And as we record this, we're having quite a lot of bad rainfall again, aren't we? That's looking a bit frightening because it's been raining for quite a long time, hasn't it, again? It and has. we've already got a lot of floods here, so it's likely this could just add to what we've already got. Yes. I mean, Doncaster's... It might as well be Venice now, I suppose. Yeah, well, There's people in gondolas, isn't there? Apparently, Venice is actually flooded as well, if you saw that. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're experiencing some of their worst flooding for about 50 years, which I thought was well, the they're, they're point of Venice. they're set up for it, surely. Yeah, people are moaning that it's too wet, and they can't, actually, they can't actually get out of the house into the stream. I did see a brilliant video on Twitter. Somebody in Thernsco, uh was on a speedboat in one of the... Yes. <laughs> not a speedboat, sorry, like a, a, jet, a jet ski, ski in, in, like a, in like a flood. Yeah, just in, in a field in the local park. Where... where? Would someone from Thernsco get? And why would somebody have a jet ski in Thernsco? There's, there's no sea. There's, you can't from somewhere like Thernsco, the nearest seaside. So it's surely somewhere like Grimsby. Yeah. And you are talking at least an hour and a half, an hour and twenty to get to Grimsby. Well, they might. They might get a rather value or something like that and go and do some sort of water sports on a lake, perhaps. That is a good shout. Um, so I'm, there is reason sure. behind it. But you know, if it carries on, we might as well all have jet skis. He'll be yeah. one laughing. Yeah. Um, I do find it quite interesting that Sheffield's flood defences, which now seem to just involve sending all the water down to Doncaster and Rosman, letting them flood, appears well, to be the case. Sheffield Wednesday's pitch is intact this time, so it's obviously worked. Yes, that's, that's a shame. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I was I was thinking actually because last time we did some we had some flooding um, was twelve years ago, two thousand and seven, and I remember recording a few episodes of the Fish Tank <laughs> did, uh, yeah. program at the time at your house. Yeah. Um, on your driveway, as I seem to remember, and one uh, perhaps one in your house. Yeah. But that, that was a good few years ago. Twelve years ago, it brings back memories of the Great Flood, as it was known at the time. Yeah, not the great, not the great um, video episode. Yes, then. not the Great Fish Tank, definitely <laughs> not. So we'll probably have some more on flooding, won't we, at some point today. Um, but I thought we'd move straight on, swiftly on, we're to get a drink. And I've brought the drinks this time because um, I've been a bit of a letdown, I think, when it comes to bringing the drinks. You've done most of them. We've been podcasting at your place mostly, haven't we? So I've brought the one today. Um, and it's called Drink and Be... Well, it's, it says on the top that I think the, the sort of company slogan is Drink and Be Grateful. Now that's because Drink and Be Grateful, Fisher, because you know that you tend to supply the beer more than I do. So on this occasion, Drink and Be Grateful. Um, it's called Three Swords Extra Pale Ale, 4.5% Kirkstall Brewery, which I'm guessing is in the sort of... Being Leeds Kirkstall. Yep, exactly, yeah. So, brewed in Yorkshire by Kirkstall Brewery, company in Leeds. Uh, the name, Three Swords, is derived from the coat of arms used by the Cistercian Monks, or Cistercian Monks of Kirkstall Abbey. Three American hop varieties are used... Uh, in abundance to deliver a crisp, ar- 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 aromatic, 
getting there in the end. Pale ale with clean and refreshing citrus fruit flavours. There you go, Fisher. Okay. Crackers open. Um, should we start co- continue with Apology of the Week? I'll apologise for not bringing the drinks more often. But Apology of the Week doesn't come from us this week, does it, Fisher? Who does it come it from? It does not. No, it comes from... Um... Fisher's having to, to lick the top of the bottle yeah. because it's going to... It comes from Dave Benson Phillips. Flood. We're going to have another flood. Uh, it comes from Dave Benson Phillips. Big, uh, big... Uh, DBP, as is well, uh, more commonly known. Is he? No, I think I just made that nickname up for him. So, Dave Benson Phillips, if you're listening, you can use that nickname if you want in the future. Um, you can have that free of charge from us. Someone who we once actually tried to get on the podcast, as I seem to remember. Yeah, um, he, he appeared on my radio show, yeah. Um, um, have no. we told people that I did a radio show? Uh, yes, and obviously you can still listen to this between... No, uh, te- no, 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 I don't do it anymore, do I? Do you not? Okay. Oh, week, yeah, sorry, don't time. do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, never, I didn't notice because I never listened to it in the first place. Right, okay. Um... So, Dave Benson Phillips, he tweeted now, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we put our clocks back, if you remember. Yes, we did. Um, do you know what he advised people to do? I, I think I did see this, yeah. He went on to Twitter, didn't he? Yes. I'm not sure if you want to take the lead on this and talk about what happened. He decided to tell people not to put their clocks back, but to put their cocks back. Cocks back, yes. <laughs> um, to which he had to tweet an apology pretty much straight after, but I'm sure he wasn't meant, was it, by it? He's a, 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 uh, a, I a children's TV presenter, or formerly, so... Yeah, I think he said he was busy at the time and he accidentally didn't realise that predictive text had changed it to something else. Yeah. Which perhaps he predictively texts regularly about cocks. Who knows? He used to present a game show, didn't he, called... Uh, Get Your Own Back. Get Your Own Back, which gave you a bit of an idea, didn't it, for a, a new TV show for him, maybe. Uh, did it? Yeah. Um, remember? Uh, not, he's obviously he's really good at advising people to put the clocks back or put the cocks back, so yeah. he, he, could, he could call his new game show... Uh, get your phone back. No? Get your cocks back. Get your cocks back. All or right, your okay. clocks back. All right, okay. so it depends. Depends on which. There could be an adult version of it. There could, you know. Actually, I've just ruined the joke I was going to tell about that I thought the other day, which was <laughs> that um, what they should do is confiscate his mobile telephone that he tweeted from, and then he could do his own program called Dave Benson Phillips. Get your phone back. Oh right, okay. Yeah, so, there you go. Um, That's what I was trying to do for you. Yeah, trying to I'd, remind you. I kind of forgotten about that when exactly. we were doing various bits of planning uh, for the podcast. But never mind. Never mind. <laughs> We've got a couple of headlines as well, haven't we? We 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 haven't had, had had like interesting headlines for a while. We've got a couple on this occasion. Do you want me to start with the first one? Yeah, go on. So I so saw a BBC headline. Uh, this might have been a number of headlines actually, not just the BBC. But uh, rats less stressed when driving little cars. Well, so that's that's nice to hear, isn't it? <laughs> so somebody's done an experiment to. Um, prove that rats are less stressed driving smaller cars than bigger cars. Uh, sorry, at which point can rats drive? I know. This <laughs> is what I'd probably like <laughs> to know. skipped us some research that we've not right. known about. Right, okay. That suddenly rats can drive. Oh, they, they failed to tell us that, but they want to tell us that actually they, they can drive, but it's, the main point of it is they're less stressed when they're driving smaller cars. I thought rats kind of lived in the sewer, so maybe maybe they could borrow the jet ski from the person at Thurnsco and kind of get along, uh, get along with that. Um, yeah, exactly. And they're going to be the first affected by flooding, you know. Yeah. So whether they'll need cars, I'm not sure. Yeah, good point, yeah. Um, and they would have to be small cars as well. I can't imagine a, a rat trying to drive a, uh, you know, a sort of, what do you call them, X-Trail or something like that. They're not, it's not going to happen, is it? No, they need something. They're going to reach the pedals, hmm. um, which is so stressful for anybody who's short anyway, including myself. Yes, probably but, sometimes I Um But anyway, what what I'd, like, if... Rats. So I'm guessing it's it's really about maybe doing the experiment on rats so that they could find out whether it's the same for humans and if we're less stressed driving big cars, little cars. But I mean, why didn't they just not test that on us? It would make more sense. Yes, I mean, <laughs> we both drive fairly small cars anyway. I think, yeah. don't we? Um, I've never I've never driven a big car. Have you not? No. 
No. Well, what's the biggest car you've ever driven? Probably the uh, the the X Trail. Oh, right. or, I've had I've had like Jeep. What did, did they kick the rat out work. of it and say, "Go on, you can yeah. drive it"? Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. You've driven a Jeep. I have driven a Jeep. Okay, yeah. well mm. done. Well, yeah. So, what about yourself? Fox or uh, Corsa? That's the biggest car I've ever driven. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I can only drive what I've got in front of me. Okay. Uh, um, anyway, moving on. Uh, you've got on a red line, haven't you? I've got a red line. Yeah. Um, headline is: I saw this yesterday, just when I was browsing through the BBC News website. Do you remember Funstino Asprilla, former Newcastle and, uh, striker? I do. From Columbia. I remember him coming sort of out of retirement a few years after his retirement, or mm. when he'd kind of slowed down. He went to Darlington Football Club. Yeah. And uh, let them down quite a lot. I think there was some sort of. He was some sort of con- involved with some con artists or something, weren't he? And con him out a lot of money or something like that. I should allegedly. Uh, just, just, allegedly. In, just in case Funstino is Asprey is, uh, is listening to this, um, we're not actually seriously suggesting that you've conned people out of money. No, not him. I think yeah. he was involved with some sort of dodgy owner or something like that. Uh, if, remember. if the dodgy owner is listening, then we're not uh, <laughs> not necessarily saying the issue. We we believe there was some kind of. Um, goings on that happened that maybe weren't fully above board and I'm sure that no one was to blame for it. Certainly not either the dodgy owner or Funcino Asprey. Right, okay. So, fair enough. Does that cover us, I think, legally? Possibly. Yeah. Um, the lawyers. Yeah. Um so Funcino Asprey, former um former footballer and conman, sorry, former footballer. <laughs> um headline said on it, Funstino Asprey stopped Hitman from killing Jose Luis Chilavert. Right. Um so can you remember can you remember Jose Luis Chilavert? The Paraguay goalkeeper. Yeah, he was probably famous for um, for taking goal kicks. Uh, sorry, for taking free kicks and penalties, and scored quite a lot of goals. That is who you want to have in your fantasy football team, and take. Oh, yeah, imagine you, that. You know, you um, you like, you know, you, we collect your points and stuff like that. It'd, it'd be good. It'd be a great addition to the fantasy football team. Have you ever seen a goalkeeper score in real life? In, not, in in person. I've not seen it live in person. I have seen it happen sort of on Matter Day. I remember was it Paul Robinson scored a goal a few years ago, took took a goal kick and it bounced over the keeper and went in. I saw it live. Um Mark Crossley for Sheffield Wednesday scored to equalise and make it three three. I think it was against Southampton oh, right. so many years ago, but it was the last minute and all of my friends left the match early. Hey. And I'm so glad I didn't because it's something you just don't you you're very, very unlikely to see it happen in person twice, aren't you? Yeah. But uh, anyway. So Jose Luis Chilvert uh, he scored uh, 46 goals in uh, 622 games, which is quite a quite a good record. That's more than, That's than more a lot of defenders and yeah. even and a lot of strikers. Yeah, MLS kick. Look about that for a record, eh? Um, so he, he that was his that was his uh, record, which uh, that was club record um, for his national team. He scored eight goals in 74 games, which again is quite uh, That's quite impressive. Still ridiculous, isn't it? But apparently, he got sent off in a game against Colombia, and there was some kind of disagreement between players. At which point, a hitman knocked on Fonstino Asprey's hotel room door and said, "Do you want to go and kill uh, the Paraguay goalkeeper for you?" He said, "No, no, no, you can't do that. That's, that's not that's not an acceptable thing." But I think there was a Colombian player who was killed, wasn't he? Yeah. In in the mid nineties, mm. after he got sent off in a game. So, but because I was doing that, I then also I think they weren't Carlos Valderrama once attacked by somebody after a bad performance as well. Um, someone hit him with a baseball bat, but he just bounced off his hair <laughs> and hit him back. Uh, <laughs> could could well have been. Um, but I was looking through for. Um, Goalkeepers who'd scored goals, and I'm not sure if you remember uh, George Campos, uh, Mexican goalkeeper. Uh, Mexican goalkeeper, probably late late nineties, early two thousands. Um, well, he scored a, quite a surprisingly large amount of goals. He was, he was quite well known for having sort of like quite flamboyant um, sort of dress when he was playing. He, he got sort of quite fancy shirts on. He didn't play in sombrero or anything like that, mm-hmm. or anything. Or have any mariachi music going in the background when he was playing. But um, so when he signed for his club, he signed as a goalkeeper. 
but he wanted first team opportunities. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a lot of players don't yeah. want to sit on the bench. He said, "I want, I want first team opportunities." You know what the manager did? He put him up front. <laughs> he scored fourteen goals and actually contended for the title of top scorer for the team. However, the following season, he managed to work his way to be number one goalkeeper, so he went in the net. That's very Sunday League, isn't it's, it? It is. Well, this is slightly more Sunday League. That whilst playing in nineteen ninety seven. Um, for his team, which I think was possibly based in America, he scored a well. He scored a bicycle kick, an overhead kick, um, in a game where he started as goalkeeper, but the forwards were failing to score a goal. So the coach replaced a fi- an outfield player with another goalkeeper, told the goalkeeper to go in the net, and sent Campos up front. <laughs> and he scored. Pretty clever. So quite unusual, quite different. Again, another one you want in your fantasy team, or just generally your team in general. You want you want someone who's as who's as uh, adaptable as that, don't you? I would say so. Yes. The beer's nice, isn't it? It's all right. M- must remember to start tagging in them on our, our Twitter account. We've kind of forgot to do that, haven't we? Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's move forward. Uh, are we on to news now? Uh, I think we are. Has there been any news? Um, well, I mean, we've had Bonfire Night and everything like that, haven't we? We have Bonfire Night. What, what, when was Bonfire Night? Was it originally 1608, was it? 1607, something like that, I think, the original Bonfire plot. Oh, yeah. Where Guy Fawkes decided to try and blow up Parliament. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still celebrate that. Can you imagine in this day and age anyone anyone wanting to blow up Parliament? <laughs> a, a ridiculous idea, surely. What with the hard-working politicians who are such a credit to the nation? Well, they're never in there, to be fair, after uh, Boris Johnson keeps them out of there quite so a lot. So. It's because he's prorogued it. <laughs> if, if only if they only have thought that at the time. Do they do they sit in in? Is there anything sort of superstitious about that day? Do they do they actually they do work on on the fifth? They do go into Parliament on the fifth of November, don't they? Believe still? so. I don't think there's I'd... no like unusual superstitions about that day that keeps them all out of there, is there? No, other than just the lazy gits who are they ever turn up for work <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I believe it's still full parliamentary session, and, and our tradition is to um, set fire to uh, bits of wood and, and throw a, a guy on the bonfire as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, did you go to a bonfire at all? Uh, I did go to a bonfire. I went up to one at, uh, I, I want to say, oh, Bird's Edge, which is not far from High Flats towards Huddersfield. All right, yeah. Yeah, well, I went up there. Oh, sure. So, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's quite a distance out. Yeah. 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 Quite a nice place, Actual though. bonfire night as well. So, all right. Uh, yourself? Uh, I, I was helping hosting host a bonfire night. Oh, was you? Um, yeah, our cricket ground, we had a bonfire. You should have said if you're going to one to Bird's Edge, because uh, we, we were looking for one on bonfire nights. We oh, drove right. around. Yeah, it's quite nice up there. All right. Yeah. Uh, next year, maybe. Next year, yeah. <laughs> We're podcasting room, the Fisher. Yeah. Um, time for arranging our dates. Yeah, sorry. I was just... <laughs> it's a bit of chit-chat, isn't it? Uh, anyway... So but... if you're listening, you'd like to turn around to whoever you're listening <laughs> with and ask them what they did for Bonfire Night. That'd be great it's as well. It's a great opportunity to do so. It gets people yeah. talking, doesn't it? If you yeah. sat next to someone on a train listening to this with your headphones on, turn around and ask the person next to you. What did you do on Bonfire Night? Yeah. Next year, you come into High Flats with me and Jimbo. Uh, it's going to be great. We're going to look forward to it. Up towards Crow Edge. Um, but oh sorry, bird, uh, crow edge or bird's edge? Uh, bird's, bird's edge, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, bonfire night was cancelled in our area, wasn't it? Um, it was in, for in, one place. For yeah, Grenside, uh, they have a normal bonfire up there, don't they? They do. The local Boy Scouts have the have a bonfire. I mean, surely they'd be great at collecting woods and setting fire to things. Yeah. Anyway, wouldn't they? But that's 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 their kind yeah. of that's their staple. That's what they like. That's what they're good at. Uh, but they were they had had, a, had an ill horse in the field mm. next to where they were going to do the bonfire. Mm. So they had to cancel the bonfire event. Yeah. Because of the horse. It's a shame, isn't it? Um, but for the scouts. Yeah. Um, because obviously that's their big fundraising thing. Mm. Um, but for the horse, 
you know, as well, because it would have probably liked to, to watch a nice sort of bonfire yeah. display. Or, <laughs> of, of course, it doesn't want to be ill, so yeah. it's missed out as well. Yeah, but, cheer it up, won't it? But obviously, the, the, the issue is that they couldn't move the horse could they, because it was too ill. So yeah. it's a nice thing to have done, hmm. uh, but, but it's quite, you know, honourable of the scouts to have done that because that is one of their big fundraisers, isn't it, and yeah. so on. Um, but, I mean, had, you know, if the horse got too close to the fire, it should have had some common sense to get out of the way of the fire. Uh, of course, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think this is a reference to Jacob Rees-Mogg, is it not? It, it might be, yeah. Um, because he went on, they were talking about Grenfell Tower, yeah. um, and he said that some of the people who were involved in the, uh, who, who sadly passed away in, in the Grenfell Tower uh, tragedy, um, should have had the sense to ignore what the fire brigade said and get out of the burning building. They should have just run through 20-odd floors of sort of smoke-filled corridors and just waltzed out of the front door. What is wrong with like them? At three o'clock in the morning. Now, can you imagine if, and first of all, number one, if any other politician from any other party hmm. would have said something like that, mm-hmm. okay, there's probably a few other parties that might have got away with it a bit more than he did. Yeah. Um, can you imagine if it was, say, Labour or hmm. Lib Dems or the Green Party or anyone like that? If I mean, well, let's just remember, they probably wouldn't have said it. No. Let's don't... remember that. Hmm. But can you imagine if any of them have said it? And can you imagine if maybe, the you know, it wasn't a block of flats in Grenfell where it were, but it was somewhere else, maybe quite... Um, a middle class sort of area or something. I think the same thing would be said there. Uh, well, probably not. So, but also, obviously, we've got a lot of flooding in this area. So, yeah. I don't know. Perhaps a sensible thing you to do is just ignore what the fire brigade say there and just stick <laughs> in your house if it's, as it slowly fills up with water. <laughs> and as you slowly get towards the top of your house, as you float up and you get wedged between the rising sea water, the rising water and the ceiling, then you should maybe think about whether you should have listened to the advice that we were given by the I mean, emergency yeah, services. I mean, I mean, some time's passed now, so it must be, you know, it must be a comfortable thing for the for the uh, sort of people and families and victims of Grenfell to hear. You know, after all this time, well, it should have been common sense, shouldn't it? You know, it must have been mm. a nice thing for them to hear after all this time and all this. Well, I thought it was quite interesting to hear that the fire brigade had got failings in it. I mean, yeah. I would have thought it's maybe a bit difficult when you turn up to sort of a stick that's on fire um, <laughs> at sort of three o'clock in the morning. Probably not the easiest job they've ever done. And you have to try and get up to sort of 20, 30 floors and put it out. Maybe, maybe we should maybe think about asking questions to the person who built a building that would be so combustible on the outside with its cladding. Just remember, elections are coming up. Um, yeah. We don't we don't like to align ourselves politically, but just remember, elections are coming up. Yeah. Think carefully about what a lot of these politicians are saying and who mm. says it, and then just remember that when you put your X in the box. I think yeah. is that like, we don't have to we don't have to be one way or the other. We can be all one way if we want to be, don't we? But I think we'll just say that. I think that's fair enough said. Do you? Yeah, maybe it's not the wisest thing to take from Jacob Rees-Mogg um, <laughs> in general. But there we go. I'm looking um, forward to see how Lord Buckethead does this year. I'm, I always like watching Lord Buckethead appear. He, he goes up against uh, Theresa May, doesn't he? He did last time. He might go up against Boris Johnson this time. Is Do you right? know the Twitter account for Lord Buckethead isn't run by Lord Buckethead? Is it not? It's run by someone else. Really? Yeah. Uh, I only found this out Shameful. yesterday. Shameful. <laughs> I only found this out yesterday, actually. I was but he has got a bucket for a head, so being able to look at your phone. Well, apparent, apparently... He's actually in a costume. It's a man in a costume. Is it? Yeah, and he's not actually called Lord Buckethead. Right, okay. I think he's, I think he's called John. Um, but again, actual... if, he's, if he's got a bucket on his head, it's quite hard to tweet, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, there should be some kind of... We, do you think we could podcast with buckets on our head? I don't think it'd make any difference. You can, <laughs> you can listen to it, a bucket on it if you want. Um, you wouldn't be able to hear as much, probably. Well, I don't know, yeah. I mean, it'd probably impair our sight, the main thing. But yeah, the Lord Buckethead Twitter account is run by someone who lives in America, I think, in, mm. in California. 
and he's based over here. I think he's a. I think he's some kind of writer involved in the TV show. Have I got news for you? Yeah, I believe he's called John someone. I can't remember his exact name. Um, but anyway, talking about Jacob Rees-Mogg and um, sort of evil dictators, uh, the leader of ISIS <laughs> um, was in the news, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, um, Donald Trump was quite pleased to announce that they'd killed him. Um, Jacob Rees-Mogg, thank God, at last. <laughs> thank you. Thank was, you, Trump. Was there something about how, Boris, uh, how Trump had, had, had announced this, this death in a slightly odd way or slightly un... Well, he does professional. Mo- I mean, he does... He does <laughs> well, yeah. Just in his usual manner, then, is what yeah. you said. Um, but but the, the thing that caught my eye about this is that he this this ISIS leader had his underwear stolen. Did he? Yeah. Is that how they lured him out? <laughs> he, was, he was walking around looking for his underwear while he's got... Uh, got he's his... got my Calvin Klein's. Yeah. Um, walking around without any under, underpants on, so that must be him. Exactly. Um, but a, a dog um, went and kind of caught him and dragged him out, I think, didn't they? Yeah, and they, they, but they needed his underwear for the DNA samples and stuff like that to prove it was him or something. But Right. Um, whether I, I'm not sure exactly why. I mean, if that's the reason it was stolen, but I, anyway, I don't get that. But I just, I just noticed that as a headline and uh, thought I'd mention it. I can't remember his name. Was it something like Al, Al-Baghdadi? Which makes him sound like a wrestler from the sort of 1980s from the UK, <laughs> isn't it? So, and if, if you remember, his lieutenant was there, Al Giant Haystacks as well. <laughs> um, uh, a few other things then. So, I mean, we, we go on to... Oh, oh did, did you know as well, there was, just, just as a local event, by the way, there was an annual dementia conference in Doncaster just the other week. I did not know that. It was my gran that told me about it, so she was going. Obviously, she forgot to go in the end. But, she, uh, yeah. Is she actually is she a patron of the that society of some form? she got some kind of involvement with it? I'm not sure. Oh, right. Have you just made that up? No, I thought you told me that she, she was involved in the Dementia Society and was kind of a patron of it of some form. I don't think so, no. All right, okay. Well, well never mind. <laughs> Unless she's forgot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, is that your grandma who sometimes rings us up on the podcast? Uh, yes. Right, yes. okay. Yes. Anyway, um, what else have we got? So, talking about, like, you know, remember when, when, when Donald Trump got in power in America. And we this is before we started podcasting again after our long hiatus. Yeah. And we were like, well, oh my god, this is just going to give us so much content, isn't it? Because he's just he's just one of those people who gives you content after content every single week. But then we decided, you know what? He's he's too he's too animated and too he's going to be everywhere anyway. People are going to know everything he's ever done and and he's, so we try to keep it a, a Trump free zone, don't we? Yeah. And then only like what a couple of months ago, we got our very own version of Donald Trump mm. in Boris Johnson. We get Boris, yeah. We get Boris Johnson. So again, you could just have a Trump Boris podcast based on the stupid things they've done, said, acted, ways, thing, you know, anything like even the way they look clearly. Uh, but also, <laughs> all sorts of different things. Now, Boris Johnson. Now we've got. Let's go back to the floods, okay? Uh, well, there's a few things actually, because obviously there's an election and so on. So Boris Johnson wrote a letter, didn't he? We did. Do you remember him writing a letter recently? Um, is this the one that he wrote to Jeremy Corbyn? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. About the election. Yes, yeah. go on, you can, you can explain what happened. Well, I'm just wondering if, you know, because I, I don't know how many friends uh, Boris Johnson's got. So does he write Christmas cards to himself to make himself look... I'd suspect the vast majority of his friends are female, I think, aren't they? Possibly, yeah. It's a general, but, general gist I get from him. But he wrote a letter to Jeremy Corbyn mm-hmm. and signed it off as Jeremy Corbyn. Yes, yeah. <laughs> So for some reason he forgot his own name. Yeah. Didn't he, did he put prime minister under there as well? Yeah. Which is quite uh, maybe yeah. we've seen for the future. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he's got uh, um, some sort of 
I don't know, a vision of the future. All this thing about, well, what we do not want is to give Jeremy Corbyn the keys to number 10. I mean, I don't think you actually need keys. <laughs> do you need keys to get in anyway? I mean, yeah. I normally see people opening the door for yeah. them. I think there's actually always, is not always someone in number 10? You can't open the door from the outside. There has to be mm. like a policeman who lets you in. I always wonder if he'd actually go and live there as well, Jeremy. He comes across as the type who might just stay in his house. Do you think he'd ask for a, a, an allotment to be built in the back garden? Yeah. And put a shed in there and stuff. But, but going back to what you said, uh, <laughs> it, but, that you can't. You, know, you should. He shudders at the thought of yeah. Jeremy Corbyn being prime minister. Signed off, <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn, prime minister. <laughs> a Freudian. Perhaps he's a secret fan. Who knows? Um, but then another thing. Uh, which was which was pretty interesting. So going back to Boris Johnson, is he he turned up to the floods, didn't he, in in Don- South Yorkshire and Doncaster to sort of assess, you know, like they do, come and assess yeah. the damage and have a look at how it's impacting people's lives and so on. Uh, four days after Jeremy Corbyn did, yeah, yeah. Uh, and after being set, being somebody said, was it was it Jeremy Corbyn? Uh, not sorry, was it Boris Johnson who said it's it's not a national emergency? Not a national or, emergency, yeah. Uh, but he turned up a few, and they have quite a lot of backlash, didn't it, for that? Because quite a few people were. Give a bit of armor, weren't they? Say I'm not interested in you turning up here four days after it's happened. And, yeah. Um, but then I saw a video on the internet, which, uh, which, which maybe, maybe just, just sort of, have kind of took away my anger about that slightly. Well, not really. Um, it was mopping up in a Specsavers in, in South Yorkshire, <laughs> and if you watch the video. It looks like he's never, ever picked up a mop in his life. Well, I can believe that. I don't think he... Yeah, he probably hit the, hit the nail on the head. Um, what was he What was he doing wrong? Well, he, he, he just... I mean, he was, was just making a complete mess of it. He was basically just pushing around mud. It wasn't actually mopping it. It was just pushing the mud and the water elsewhere. It, it, it looked terrible. To be fair, I think it probably is quite difficult. I'm not sure a mop is the best thing to use in the event of a flood. They could have just it's, turned him upside down yeah. and... and, and... <laughs> Used his... He's that terrible haircut that he's got. Yeah. He'd probably be better off with a sweeping brush, wouldn't mm. he? I'm, I'm not sure he's ever used one of those either, mind you. And this is this is going to come on to... Do you want me to, can I play a little game now? Is it okay if I play a little game now and then we'll come back to the news? Because I think it's come back to a... I okay. think it's come to a good a good point. So just give us a second. Okay, so... The, the, that was and, and and I like it how how politicians do this. They kind of like try to look normal, don't they? For for certain occasions and, yeah. and particularly around elections, they get involved in doing normal stuff that seem that makes them look normal, well, so that people normal people want to go and vote for these normal politicians who well, do normal things. Well, I think he's trying his best at the moment. Matt Hancock, if you've ever seen any of the videos he puts on Twitter, they're quite amusing because he's trying to act normal, but he basically just acts like Alan Partridge every time. Yeah. And, um, there's an, it might be the same. There's an, is it, was it Stuart? What's he Rory, called? Rory, Rory Stewart. Stewart. He does the same. He does some yeah. video blogs where he goes down the street and uh, mm. and I think he called. He called. <laughs> didn't he call? Didn't he call? Didn't he go down walking down a street in sort of I don't know what I mean northeast London or something like mm. that? And he was talking to a couple of um, black guys and he called them. What did he call them? Sort of mediocre gangsters or something like that. Uh, uh, I did. I did not. I was not aware of that. No, he, he did oh. something like that. But again, again, you know, he, he tried. They tried to blend in and try to be what they think is normal people. Yeah. So Boris Johnson did the same with his mop. So I just thought I'd give you a quick quiz about some politicians in the past who tried to be normal people and uh, maybe how that kind of went. I suppose. Or uh, first of all, then, so we'll go to George Osborne, former Chancellor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, a lot of these do tend to be. Uh, conservative politicians. That's not done on purpose, by the way. They just tend to be... Harder to fit in with normal society. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. So George Osborne, 
Um, what was he trying to do? What was he once famously pictured trying to be normal doing? Was it A, trying to be a bin man, or was it B, a primary school teacher? Well, he often wore fluorescent vests, didn't he? You'd often see him sort of on the breakfast news uh, in some kind of warehouse or some kind of industrial area wearing a fluorescent vest and obviously just saying that he's there at some place that they've given a lot of funding for for business. So I think he could have pretended to try to, try to be a bin man. Okay. Wrong. Um, oh. So he was pictured trying to be a primary school teacher or kind of sit with the children around the desks and there was, student, there was like school kids sort of yawning and yeah. not really being very interested in him. They've got some really interesting pictures out of that. So yeah. uh, that's what he did. So next then, David Cameron playing a sport badly. But which sport was it? Now you've got four options here. Boxing, that's A. Mm-hmm. B, badminton. C, cricket. Or D, table tennis. Did he play... I mean, I, I can feasibly imagine that he'll probably have done all of those quite badly at some point. Um, but I think he was actually quite a good cricket player because he's posh, so that normally helps. Normally is a bit of an indication. But I seem to remember him once playing table tennis against Obama and not playing very well. So I'd say table tennis. Well, there's actually three correct answers there. All right. he's, he's, he's been videoed doing all of these sports badly, badminton, cricket and table tennis. I've not yet seen him do boxing badly, but I mean, that's certainly something yeah. I'd love to see. <laughs> yeah, there's always time. We can live in hope. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who'd like to volunteer for that. Uh, maybe Danny Dyer. I like yeah. Danny Dyer's rant about David Cameron. I think yeah. it was on... Uh, uh, what, what what show was that? And I can't quite remember. It was. was I think it, it was. Wasn't it GMTV or Good Morning Britain? I think it was a, a late night version of Good oh, Morning Britain. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So he's done all of those. But in cricket, he, I mean, in badminton, he, he was he was playing particularly badly. Um. He was the only uh, cock there. That <laughs> <laughs> was a shuttlecock. Um. Cricket, he was, but he, I don't know who was playing this, but he was, he was bowled out by a child who completely destroyed the stumps. I've been bowled out by a child on a number of occasions, <laughs> but never mind. Um, and table tennis, yeah, you're right, he was playing against Obama. And, uh, Turned well, out Obama was quite good and he wasn't. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, next then, now you might be able to help me out with this one, Neil Kinnock, certainly someone I've heard of. But I, I, oh, I, yeah, Labour leader, 90, oh, lost well, the 1992 we election. So we've got, we've got somebody from a, a Labour yeah. background then, anyway, there we go. So, uh, Neil Kinnock... Videoed walking on a beach. <laughs> what happened? Did he A, fall down a hole a child had dug, or B, fall over in the waves as the tide came in? He, f- well, he fell over in the waves when the tide came in, but it, and he seemed to get up. I, I remember. Well, I don't remember it at the time. But I've seen footage of it. Was it a, a lady it, who helped him up? Was it, it was, was his, wife. his wife or something? I, yeah. I seem to remember he got up quite quickly but left her sat on the floor to get wet, <laughs> was I think what happened. Well done. But yeah, Neil Kinnock was the Labour leader in 1992, and I think he was expected that he might beat John Major, but he lost. Right. And they had they had a, an event at the Sheffield Arena. Okay. Um, which was kind of like one of these American-style political rallies. And he said, he's a Welsh man, he said, let me, wel- let, me, let me welcome you to the next man, the, your, your next Chancellor of the Exchequer. And he, he introduced on the next person as, here's your next Chancellor, here's your next Home Secretary, here's your next Foreign Secretary. And do you know what happened? Go on. They lost the election. <laughs> <laughs> so that was viewed as, viewed as being quite embarrassing. Oh, dear. Never mind. So is that when Margaret Thatcher was in, or was that before? No, John Major. John Major. Uh, 1992. So Thatcher packed him up, 1990. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was Major's first and only uh, election success. Okay. Uh, the next one, then, is... Uh, let me have a look. Margaret Beckett. Can you help me with Margaret Beckett? Does she live... She in Caravana, Margaret Beckett, is, is all I really know about her, but... Do you know what party she represented? Uh, Labour, yeah. Was it Labour again? Yeah. Was it? Oh, there we go. That's handy then. So, which song was she famously 
uh, videoed trying to sing? Was it A, Wonderwall, by Oasis, obviously, B, Imagine, by John Lennon, or C, House of the Rising Sun, by The Animals? Mm. Now, I I remember there was a lot of, lot of videos knocking around in 1997 after Labour won. So I think at the time Wonderwall was possibly out there, so I'd say maybe you should try to sing Wonderwall very badly. Okay. Do you want to have a listen to to what what it is to give us an answer? All right. Okay. Oh no, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's yeah. the wrong one. We aren't qualified. We're not qualified for this. <laughs> anyway, okay. Right. Just fill in for a bit. Fill in, Jimbo. Yeah, we'll be yeah, fine. It's fine. I just did. I didn't want to, uh, you know, play the wrong sort of thing. So. But you did. Uh, I did. Yeah. Because we, we haven't got a music license, you know. But we have got. I don't think there's any license required to play a clip of Margaret Beckett trying to sing a song. So are we ready for this? Yep. Here we go. Oh my god. <laughs> why why go. why is she doing that? Not sure. Some sort of party conference possibly. We're podcasting in the rain. <laughs> what a glorious feeling. We're podcasting again. So did you say? Did, you said Wonderwall there, didn't you? Uh, I did. Yeah. Hopefully we've not got pushing it down too So next then, William Haig. Uh, which of these was he doing? He was a photographed going down a log flume in a baseball cap at a theme park. Uh, B holding an owl at a birds of prey sanctuary and getting pecked. Well, are you talking about former Tory, to, uh, former Tory leader William Hague? I am. Yes, he used to come round here, didn't he, for his uh, dinner uh, at uh, Greenhead House? Apparently, he was he was a local from the area. He grew right. up around here. I think he lived in Wathon Dern originally, didn't he? Right. Okay. This is <laughs> by the, this is an impression of William Hague, by the way. Just in case, I, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. so. Uh, well, I think you'll find that back in 1997, he was photoed going down a log flume whilst wearing a baseball cap. He was correct. Well done. Actually, it might not have been 1997. Right. Any, might... any any recollection of why that was? Uh, I think he was trying to act cool, wasn't he? Like he a just, lot of politicians do. Um, he just looked like so an it, idiot. It might, it, it might have been on the campaign in 2001 against Tony Blair. I, I, I saw him recently. Um, Did you? I, 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 I was walking down the street and he was coming towards me in the other direction. He got quite a few people around him. Uh, but it was it was it's quite tall, right? Okay. And he's got a very bold, shiny head. Yeah. And even I as know he, that. Even even as he walks past, he says exactly the same things, well, and you can hear him well, quite may- clearly. Maybe he was wearing the baseball cap so that when you go down a log flume and you get a photograph, there wasn't some <laughs> sort of like glare, or so you could still get a good photo, you know, personalized photograph from the log flume. It could could well be. I mean, I suppose it wasn't the only thing that went downhill for him uh, that year, <laughs> as he lost the election. Uh, did he lose a couple of elections? Was he sort of there quite a while trying to? Uh, only lost. One, I think. I think, oh. in, I think Ian Duncan Smith replaced him in 2001 when he, when he resigned. Uh, next then, Michael Gove. Okay, <laughs> everybody's favourite. Yeah. Um, so what was he pictured doing badly? A, like a normal person, to be going back to. A, walking down the streets. Or B, uh, being on a bike at an environmental awareness event. Which one of those? Um, oh, well, he's done a lot of things that embarrass himself. There's footage of him trying to clap and looking a bit strange. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. Claps in four different ways in the space of about five seconds. That's really... That's In fact, that's one of those videos that's like also horrible to watch, isn't it? Yeah. It's unusual, isn't it? It looks quite strange as well, doesn't it? feel it? a bit sick. It looks like he's made out of plasticine. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, there was footage of him once when he was someone was trying to... He was walking back home. He'd obviously been out for a run. Got towards the end of the run, like, started walking. And then he was walking walk around the corner to come back to his house. Um, he saw some members of the media there, at which point he started running and ran past them and said, I can't talk now, and went back to his house. So I think he, he could have been pictured... Uh, sorry, what was the first one? 
Uh, it was uh, running. Running, yeah. yeah, I think running. Embarrassing himself running. Okay. You are right, but that's not the the same incident that I'm referring to. Uh, it was running down the street, and he looked. I don't think he was in his workwear, um, but he slipped and decked it and dropped loads of papers and stuff. Oh, like right. that. There's a video <laughs> of him doing that if you uh, want a, a bit of amusement. And then finally, uh, Jeremy Hunt. Sorry, yeah. uh, during the Olympics or some sort of Olympics, I don't know. I think it might be in the last Olympics rather than the London Olympics. I'm not sure, or at some stage anyway. Um, so which of these did he do? A he was running and pulled a muscle in a staged race. Oh, right, okay. Or B, he was ringing a bell and nearly knocked out a woman when his bell end fell off. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, well, that's quite a compliment to him if, uh, if, if his bell end can do such a thing. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I think I can remember this as well. And I think at the, at the opening of the 2012 Olympics... Is that when it was? I think it was, oh, yeah. Okay, it was ringing a... Was it that? It might be that or it might have something to do with the Tour de France. Right. But yeah, it was... To do with the Olympics, because he was the culture secretary, I think, mm. at one point, which obviously was where, where the whole problem came about when it was culture secretary Jeremy Hunt. Yeah. That's the slight spoonerism um, on Radio 4. And the the end of his bell did uh, come out and, <laughs> and nearly hit someone in the house. That's true. It's a brilliant video of that as well, if you want to watch. So there you go. That's politicians trying to be normal people like us, normal people, and not doing particularly well. Go on then, Fisher, where were we? That was a little uh, interlude there, just breaking up uh, our news a little bit. Well, I think talking about people who want to be normal, uh, see a chief executive of McDonald's has had to resign. Has he? Yes, he was um, He was having an affair with a member of staff. Right, okay. Um, so he, had to, he fell on his sword, um, unfortunately. He had to, it was, well, I don't know if he resigned or he was actually just sacked mm. because it was in his contract that he couldn't have an affair with uh, or couldn't have a sexual relationship with uh, anyone who was... Um, uh, also worked for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I think it was uncovered because he uh, messaged her saying that he wanted to rip her knickers off with his teeth and sort of <laughs> kiss her breast. And she said, would you like to have fries with that as well? Um, hey! Oh, I did not got me thing, have I? What was... Where's the symbol? <laughs> Bang. There you, you go. You see, I, I was getting ready for that and I failed. Uh, anyway, is, so, that, is that all for news? Or have you got a bit more for uh, us? Well, I was going to do a quiz about famous people who've had to resign or sort yeah. of been sacked in sort of disgrace. But I can't... Disappointingly, I can't really find that many. Oh, uh, right, a lot of them okay. are sort of politicians. Well, I was thinking there might be more sort of popular people in the industry, but um, so I couldn't find that. So I thought I happened upon another quiz instead. Um, have you heard of the magazine Country Life? Yeah. Uh, sort of a popular thing for, well, people who live in the countryside. Um, so I thought I'd do a quiz because Country Life uh, last week released a list of 39 things a gentleman simply must do before he dies. And we're both gentlemen, aren't we? Uh, I perhaps, believe so. Perhaps not quite as posh as uh, some of the people you get mm-hmm. who read Country Life, but I thought I would ask the question to you: Which do you think appears on what, what, music, what, what background music is that? Is that sort of the countryside? I mean, it sounds more like the seaside, if yeah. anything. Sounds more like downtown Doncaster at the moment. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should we knock that on, Ed? Yeah, get rid of that. <laughs> we'll just talk normally. Um, so I thought I would ask. Firstly, let's go through some of the things that appear on the list. Is is it true or, or which one did appear, which one didn't? And also, then I thought of things maybe, that you need to do. Of things that country country life recommend that you should do. Any gentleman should do. Why not they die. ladies? Uh, well, I don't know. Um, is it the, because it's like piss up a wall or something? Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing too uh, too sort of lad like. All right, degree. okay. It's all about being urbane and being sort of proper gentleman and all okay. that sort of stuff. Is this like having a rifle and shooting a pigeon or something? Yeah, yeah. You're pretty much pretty much bang on around right, that okay. sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, in fact, actually, that might be one of the answers. But, <laughs> um, so, 
these are these are things. What appeared at number two in the list? Was it learn to fox hunt or learn to fox trot? Oh, it could be either. Could be either. But, it's uh, not but I believe country life is a lot more about fox hunting. Even though that's apparently le- is, it, is it illegal still? It is legal because the Tories wanted to bring they it back. They want to legalise it. Yeah, fox hunting with dogs, I think, is illegal. I think you can hunt foxes on your own, but you can't use a pack of dogs to go and chase them. Right. Okay. Um. All right then. Let's go the fox. Let's go the fox hunting one. Shoot. Was it shoot a fox or something? Uh, is it learn to fox hunt or learn to fox trot? Learn to fox hunt. You'll be wrong. Maybe Country Life didn't want to put that one in then. Maybe. I think that's it might be a burning desire for a lot of readers, but they do recommend that you learn to foxtrot. Right, okay. Um, which obviously Strictly Come Dancing is back on telly at the moment, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. um, that's sort of dance is quite a popular mm-hmm. popular medium. So can you can you either foxtrot or fox hunt? Um, I, I can neither, and I, I, I'm not interested in doing neither. I mean, you know, I'd never write off foxtrotting. Yeah. Um, fox hunting is not something I'm keen on. Hmm. I do see a fox, actually, in the same place. Um when I'm walking around in Chapel Town, I tend to see one in the same in the same sort of place. Oh, right, okay. And it's, every, every, it's weird, really weird. Every time I walk down the road, I think I'm going to see a fox in a minute, and I always do. Is it near some bins, or is it in a no, ruralish area? The ruralish Please. area, near the yeah. train track, not far from there. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I suppose it's quite safe on the train tracks, because yeah. Northern Rail never put any bloody trains on, do they? <laughs> so you're fine, you fox. So there we go. Um, so next up, what appears at number nine in the list? Is it learn another language and seduce someone with it? Or write a love letter with an ink quill with calligraphy-style handwriting. What was the first one again? Learn another language and seduce someone with it. Mm. Or should you je ne sais quoi. have write a love letter using an ink quill with calligraphy-style handwriting? Je grand zizi. Uh, you've got a big um, zizi, does that mean? Well, we were told by our French teacher, this yeah. is a true story, that zizi is... An, an Italian pizza, uh, <laughs> no. Italian restaurant, yeah. No, it's French. French, yeah. Uh, we were told it was a a, a penis. Was it? Okay. Yeah, but um, whether that's true or not, it mm-hmm. might be completely something else, and we might have been looking stupid for yeah. the last sixteen years. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, learn to use some other language. I seem to think country folk aren't. I would say maybe aren't interested in learning another language. Where I think city folk might be more, mm-hmm. whereas country folk might be less cultural in a sense of less accepting of people from overseas yeah, yeah. yeah. so the other one was write a, a love letter in a quill pen yes with a quill pen in nice calligraphy style handwriting so I'll, I might I, I'm tempted to go for that one and you'll be wrong okay okay um, now I'm not sure if you can can too, you speak too wrong yeah can you speak many foreign languages or I just did French for you there well you, you said you've got a big big todger but that's about <laughs> that really counts I mean yeah. and that's about my limitations yeah. <laughs> you're not Donald Trump sort of uh, you're doing his foreign, uh, foreign it's not how much French I can speak it's what I do with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all about quality not quantity isn't that right yeah. um, I've been told so... to mind my French before so it can't be too bad alright <laughs> Uh, have you have you ever written a love letter in uh, in nice handwriting? I I haven't. I've got right. terrible handwriting. Yeah, I think it was about as good as mine, isn't it? Yeah. So, and it depends yeah. what you mean by love letter. Um, well, a love letter, yeah, sort of. Uh, I've sent some hmm. interesting texts in my time. Uh, well, yeah, but that's not nice handwriting, is it? <laughs> um, so number ten. What appeared at number ten in the list? So in terms of uh, sort of bespoke things. Wasn't Boris Johnson pretending to be uh, Jeremy Corbyn again, was it, at number 10? No? (laughs) It wasn't, no. Uh, So, which of these appeared at number 10? Was it, you should have your own family portrait commissioned, or you should have your own bespoke suit made by a Savile Row tailor? Again, this is difficult. This could be either, because I know that the country folk like the suits, don't they, and particularly the sort of 
um, what do you call them? Those kind of Gilles. knitted kind of suits. Yeah, the tweed. Tweed suits, yeah. that's it. Um, but family portraits, again, you see them in sort of big country houses, don't mm. you? And uh, stately homes and so on. So I think I might go for the portrait. No, no, it's a bit old-fashioned that now, isn't it, portraits? You just have a nice picture. Selfie. <laughs> so let's let's go for let me go for yeah I'm gonna go for the the, the other one Savile Row Taylor yeah, bespoke yes. suit you'll be right well done <laughs> so I'm not sure which uh, whether you wear suits at all and who your favourite tailor is rarely oh you use that nice tailor don't you at Tesco yeah for your suits yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it's so, yeah, it's quite a popular thing. You can get a suit from Savile Row. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever had any family portraits at all commissioned or sort of... No. Or, or family family photographs, maybe. I suppose that could could be included in a similar thing. Yeah, not I've never, really. Just do it ever. yourself nowadays, don't you? Yeah, so I've never ne- never never had the pleasure of being involved in one either. Um, so what is number 16 on the list? Is it you should buy a barrel of Burgundy? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a bit more details in a moment. Or you should buy a Nebuchadnezzar of Champagne. Now, a barrel of Burgundy is sort of one of those big barrels, big oak barrels. Um, equivalent of Burgundy is a, a red wine from France. Okay. Uh, the equivalent of about 225 litres of wine. Right. Um, or a Nebuchadnezzar of Champagne. So, you know, you can get bigger Champagne bottles. You can go standard bottle of Champagne, Magnum, and kind of works up from there. A Nebuchadnezzar is the equivalent of about 20 bottles of Champagne in one massive bottle. Hmm. Again, I don't think there's much I can... Again, I think maybe... I'm going to go in on the fact that maybe Champagne is a little bit more of a city thing possibly than yeah. a country thing mm-hmm. I'll go for the barrel I think and you'll be right um, interesting in, uh, I don't know if you can we get one of them for the next podcast yeah. have you ever bought 225 litres of wine in one go I haven't I, no. don't, I don't think I don't I don't think I've ever even had a glass of red wine to myself have because I just don't like wine in general I think I the did, closest I thing I've had to wine is the uh or properly drank, and a lot of it is... Uh, WKD. No, what do you call it? The uh, the Spanish drink, that's one with oranges and stuff in it. Oh, uh, sangria. Yeah, that's large red wine base, isn't it? Uh, well, if you have red sangria, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's red wine and bits of fruit in it and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, interestingly, one alcohol-based thing that was on the list, number three, uh, one thing you should do is open an expensive bottle of champagne for no real occasion with a sword. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so, if you, I presume you have to open bottles of champagne in your time? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. How, I, how, do you, how do you open it? Just usually get, wrap a towel around it and just open it. You wrap a towel? God, you yeah. are posh, yeah. You just, wrap a towel around it. Well, just move your hands. No, that's if you can't get a grip, you know. Yeah. Just well, hold you, it to, to protect your, do your you deli- twist, delicate hands. Do you twist the bottle? Um, you don't just fire the cork out, do you, presumably? No, I'll give it a twist and try yeah. and... Yeah, I don't want to fire it to anyone. Yeah. Um, not, not get your sword out? No. No? Okay. Uh, no own a sword, unfortunately. Oh, I don't know what's wrong with people nowadays. <laughs> uh, number 20. Which of these sporting endeavours is on the list? Should you... Croquet's got to be on there. Well, should you... Any gentleman, should you try and win a game of croquet, or should you hit a six? Is that where you hit your balls with a mallet? Hit your balls with a mallet until they've gone black and blue. Right. So, hit a six, or... In cricket. In cricket, or win a game of croquet. Right, well, I think cricket, maybe to some country folk, might be seen as a bit of a commoner's sport, possibly. Possibly. Maybe. Even though I still see it as quite a posh sport, Hmm. I think some country folk might see it as a commoner's sport. People like myself play a lot of cricket. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to go with croquet. They want to hit the balls with a mallet before the however old Uh, or dead or whatever it is. You'll be wrong. It's it's a six in cricket, is is the thing. 
I don't know if they're trying to play croquet in the countryside on those sort of bits of agricultural land where it's all mm. bumpy and they're growing crops. I don't know if that might not work. Yeah, maybe it is more like a stately home, sort of nicely done lawns sort of game rather yeah. than, uh, yeah. Okay. That's where cricket is a bit of a bit of a posh boy sport at times, and people like myself. Uh, I only play because I'm good at it as opposed to being posh, Okay, apparently. Um, Whatever. So, number 21, another one in terms of sporting, uh, sporting endeavours. What should a gentleman do in terms of boxing? Is it take part in a white-collar boxing bout, or break up a fight using your wit. <laughs> um. <laughs> so should you take part... Should a real gentleman, according to this idiot who wrote this for the Country Life mm. magazine, if you're a real gentleman, would you take part in a white-collar boxing bout, or would you break up a fight using your wit? So as, 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 as Jordan Henderson met one of the... One of the the things on that list, then. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's happened with Jordan Henderson. Well, obviously there was the there was the old uh, Raheem Sterling and. All oh, right, and Joe Gomez. Yeah. Yeah, they've had a bit of a, a to do, haven't they, this week? Right. They're playing tonight, aren't they, England? Uh, yes, but Raheem Sterling's not. Yeah, so they've had a bit of a to do together, and I think it was um, it's Jordan Henderson who allegedly uh, uh, stepped yeah, in and maybe he stepped in with his wit. Yeah. Maybe he got his wit out, threw his wit around a little bit, yeah. and uh, stopped the fight from getting any worse. All right, well, I've not heard details of it other than that two players had a bit of a set to handbags yeah. at 10 paces. Yeah. So let's go with a wit one, I think. You will be correct. Um, yeah. Have you ever stopped a fight using your wit? Have you ever called people off from fighting? Um, I don't think so. I'm normally goading it on. <laughs> have, you, have, have you ever had a fight? Oh, yeah, I've had fights before, yeah. Recently? School days? Nah, not recently. Probably. No, no. Not, not, the last one I had wasn't, uh, was more break, trying to break up a fight, but mm. then being involved in it, but not, yeah. not, not purposely. Uh, trying to look out for someone sort of thing. Okay. That was a long time ago still. Yeah. We don't, we don't do fights anymore, do we? Uh, well, I was probably last involved in one about... Uh, about three years ago. All right, okay. Um, with a big, a big motorbiker as well. All right, okay. Um, and he wanted, he, he was the aggressor. Yeah. And I wasn't. Right. I very much wasn't. <laughs> but I didn't want to back down, so I just kind of like stood there, and he pushed me. Oh. And, and they pushed me again. Yeah. Um, and then you pushed his motorbike over. No, no, I, I, I. I told his son to move out of the way because we were trying to do something, and he he found that was a bit acceptable. What were you trying was, to do? Uh, well, it was it was it was getting in the way of something, so we sort of like asked him to move. In the way of what? No, just in the way of what? Of, of of an event that we were trying to do. An event? Yeah. What event? Uh, well, we were playing playing cricket at the time. Oh. And he, he was on his bike, right, and he was kind of okay. like. Um, so I shouted it. I shouted him away, and he pushed me, and then he like. I thought, well, I'm not going to back down. Did it fall over like Paul Alcock did, you? No, I stood my ground. All oh, right, okay. Well, I moved back a bit, and then yeah. he like pushed me again, so I moved back a little bit further. But I wasn't going to hit him, yeah. and I don't think he wants to hit me either. And yeah. then it sort of like they sort of like all died down. All oh, right, oh. Well, I mean, okay. But it was him that apologised. So it was to a me, borderline not... fight then. Well, it could have been a fight. If oh, I had... it could have been. I would have had. I would have had the chance to punch him if I really wanted to. Right. But I didn't really want him to because he was quite big anyway. I see so... you getting worked up now. Yeah. Just don't, don't, you know, ima- you imagine your microphones him. You're getting very angry. No, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna move on to what. You was need on. to keep cool. I'm gonna move on to you what. Need was to, you need to. You need to. You need to. You need to calm curb your anger. Shut actually. up, Jimbo. <laughs> Number twenty-three. <laughs> what does Country Life recommend a real gentleman does with a month's salary? Is it anger management? Is it raise a month's <laughs> risk a month's salary on a bet? Right. Or donate a month's salary to charity? Oh well, you know. I'm going to go for some of these country folk for more interested in wasting it on a bet like horse racing or something like that than giving it to charity. So I'm going to give that one. Absolutely right. Well done. Of course you are. Although, I would say number 
Number four on the list is make an anonymous donation. So oh, I don't right, know okay. if that is charitable. I mean... To I'm, the Conservative Party. Yeah. <laughs> it could be could be any form of donation. So you, you could donate a soiled pair of underpants to Piers yeah, Morgan or something yeah. like oh, that. Well, the ISIS leader. Yes. Yeah, Ide- yeah. Ideally. He'd need them. Well, he wouldn't want the soiled ones, obviously. He's not, <laughs> well, he's not alive. He's yeah. not going to be bothered, is he? Well, no, I suppose not. <laughs> uh, so, number, number 29. What does it recommend um, that a real man does? A real gentleman does? Is it write a song for someone or learn to play a musical instrument from an orchestra? Um... I, I'm going to go write a song with this one, I think. Okay. Yeah. And you would be correct. Hold on. You've wrote a fair few songs in your, I have. In your time. I met you? football before I met you, as well as lots of others from my college days. You've How many albums did you release? Two, three? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one's went double platinum? <laughs> uh, I'm not, no, uh, I, I, don't, I can't remember. I mean, they were only very silly Sorry, ones, weren't no, they? No, Jim, not double platinum, double figures. Oh, right, yeah. Um... But yeah, well, I say released albums. I mean, you you, you copied CDs uh, via your CD rewriter and gave them to people. I think. Yes, yes. I might have sold them for a quid or whatever, and yeah. they might have given you some cash for it. But yeah. I don't. They, they weren't they weren't available in the shops, were they? No, they weren't. No. Although I met football before I met you, the England song is available on iTunes and is other it? music service providers. And on board it. Uh, yes, yeah. Tazzy, it raised lots of money for Macmillan. Did it? Cancer support, yeah, it did, yeah. And uh, it's, it's they're still available to buy. Yeah. And uh, there's a Just Giving page mm-hmm. you can donate to, and that will go straight to uh, Macmillan, so yep. you can do that still. And for all the money raised, you ra- you uh, you rounded it up so they got £10, didn't you? I, I did, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> albums, a record album sales yeah. for me. First one, was it called, did, you, did you call yourself as a recording artist, The, the Beautiful North? I think Ooh. this one name was knocking around. Was it? I can't even remember that. First album. I, I, I happened upon your uh, album a few weeks ago when I was oh. tidying something out. You might have to keep I've st- that. I've still got it. I might not even have that, so right. you need to keep hold of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, down, it's downstairs. You, you, could, you could put that on eBay and you might get something for it. Yeah. Um, like some soiled underpants. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, from on Swap Shop. Yeah. Um, so, yes, obviously you, you've written a fair few songs over, over the years, so well done on being a real gentleman on that Thank front. Thank you. Uh, number 31. Uh, what has a real gentleman done? What have they read? Have they read 1984 by George Orwell or have they read War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy? Oh, now I've heard, I've, I've spoke to a lot of people who've read 1984. Um, I wouldn't call them country folk. Hmm. I would say that they're more... Hmm. Well, you don't, don't necessarily have to be country folk. You know, no, it's just, no it's, it's, I, I know, but just the people who I know have discussed reading it have generally tend to be more hipsters, I suppose. Yeah. Student-y sort of people. Um, I mean, I, I would have read... Interested in the future, the future, futuristic and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't think it's as country as... as I, and I don't know what the other book is, so I'm going to go with the other book. Well, I would have read War and Peace, yeah. but to be honest, when I looked at it, it was like reading War and Peace. Right. Um, it was a very long book, um, yeah. and you are right. I'm is... not interested in reading about peas anyway. I prefer carrots, <laughs> but... Uh... Uh, you're right, it is War, war and Peace. <laughs> so I'm assuming that you've read neither. Yeah. Henry. Uh, remember Henry? I who, do remember Henry. We've yeah. talked about in our podcast a few times. He, he, I remember him telling me about 1984. Um, but yeah, there you go. He's, he, he likes books and stuff like that. Yeah. So. He likes books. Oh, yeah. God, some of these weird people nowadays, eh? <laughs> Um, why can't you play with your iPhone like everyone else does, Henry? <laughs> um, number thirty-two. Um, what does a re- what does a real man do? A real gentleman do? Is it walk the length of Hadrian's Wall or do a competitive triathlon? Oh, uh, that's a difficult one. Um, I think it could well be either, but I'm going to say could be triathlon. I think, but maybe like a special one. An Iron Man. They have one. to throw haystacks or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you are correct. Uh, sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong. Oh. You're wrong. Right. Oh, I fooled you there, 
Uh, sorry, running a marathon is on the list, but not triathlon. Okay. And it does recommend that running, um, sorry, walking the length of Adrian's Wall, which basically is just kind of going from full on uh, east to west or west to east, depending on which way you do it. Uh, but yeah, pretty much walking is that the width. The old of the... border between England and Scotland, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of walking. Is it the... still the border? Well, the... Uh, I don't, th- I don't think so. I don't no. know. I mean, anyway. I'm not sure what else is there. But you can see Adrian's Wall. You can see Adrian, Adrian's kitchen, his shed, yeah. conservatory, all that sort of stuff up there. Uh, also on the list was. Um, who, a marathon. Who's Adrian? Uh, an old, an old Roman leader, I believe. <laughs> Adrian, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I've never, never seen it. Apparently, it's meant yeah. to be quite a good, quite a good thing. There's some good thing you can do going around castles. You can see it from well. space, can't you? Apparently, I think it's Great Wall of China. Oh, never mind. Uh, but yeah. I wasn't going to go to space anyway. It's a lot of money. Yeah, um, and also the Great Wall of America between America and Mexico. Oh, that'll be big. Yeah. yeah. Well, although, is it, is it going to be there? Because Donald Trump <laughs> said it was going to be. In, Colorado, yeah. is that right? He said, it was, is... he said it was going to be in a county that didn't have a border with Mexico. So they're, yeah. <laughs> they're just going to build the big yeah. wall. I think I think the confusion might have been that the the, <laughs> the state in question bordered New Mexico, the American state. Yeah. So I think that might have been what caused some problems. I think the news reader just burst out laughing after yeah, saying that yeah. I think they were completely the wrong place. Yeah. He couldn't. Stay, he couldn't get on with the show, could he? He, he couldn't carry on. He was. He was he just, laughing that he much. He just started laughing. Uh, so number thirty-six. Um, How far have we got to go? Two two questions. All oh, right. Um, so what does a real gentleman do? Do you take your godchild to their first Michelin-starred restaurants, or do you teach your nephew about shooting grouse and pheasant? Oh, right, okay. I mean, I, I, I knew a shooting one had come up here, so I'm going to have to go with that one, I think. Shooting? Yeah. You are wrong. Oh, okay. Again, maybe they don't publish something like that for for the sake, for the, all the sort of people, you know, animal rights and all that kind of thing. No, I think they're all right with it. All right, okay. Actually, talking about animal rights, yeah. I was going to talk about ferret legging. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mentioned ferret legging on the podcast yeah. um, a few no, times. Yeah, have a ferret up your trousers. Yeah, a ferret up your trousers, or down your trousers, depending yeah, on which like... way you put it in. Yeah. Um, and it, you can see how long it can stay in, the, in there for. And I was, I was talking about I was talking about someone uh, talking about this to someone today, and uh, did a bit more reading about it, because there's a person who... Put a ferret down his trousers for about five and a half hours and they dismantled the stage at home first and all that sort of stuff and it was a bit embarrassing for him. Uh, but his, his record was, was broken. Um, so someone ma- did manage to get to five and a half hours. It was called Frank Bartlett, a retired headmaster. Um, it was And it was Frank Bartlett and Christine Farnsworth broke the record at five and a half hours in 2010. Right, okay. And they raised over a £1,000 for charity. Right, well, that's now, good. I didn't know whether or not I didn't know it was Frank Bartlett and Christine Farnsworth. Now, I don't know who Christine Farnsworth is. Do you think that's the name of a ferret who is called Christine Farnsworth? <laughs> or do you think that's a lady who also got involved in the ferret legging escapade? Yeah, did they have some sort of like joined trousers on where they were both doing it together? Because that means they must have somehow been joined together. If they... Could be, yeah. Or they could have had two ferrets in there, one True. each. What, they came out at the same time? Oh, they both broke the record. Yeah, yeah. Possibly then, yeah. The joint world record. But should it not be like horse racing or something where the, the horse and the jockey get some credit, both the, the yeah. participant <laughs> and the ferret get uh, yeah. get the credit for it? Yeah. Um, but apparently someone said... D- d- Surely it's easy to break it on a cold day. What, so he's not as hungry? No, so he's not as it... cold. He might want to stay in there. Yeah. Well, well there's less, less less of you for him to buy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I don't know. I think the trick was apparently trying to get him to be... <laughs> you feed him beforehand, so not as hungry. Right, okay. Um, but also... People said at the time, people protested against this, saying that, and a quote from one person said, he shouldn't be doing this because if he does this, it sets ferret welfare back 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm sure we're all concerned about ferret welfare. Um, so there we go. So on to, on to the last question anyway. That's a fairly, fairly brief interlude. Final question in terms of what a gentleman does. 
Uh, sorry, I should ask as well. Have you ever taken your godchild to a Michelin starred restaurant? I don't think I've got a godchild, yeah. to be honest. Have you ever been to a Michelin starred restaurant? No. Okay. Don't well, think so. Never mind. Have you bought Michelin tyres, maybe? Anything like that? Possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, so, number 37. I used to look like the Michelin man. We're <laughs> <laughs> you doing great, great fitness Thank you. regime. You're looking much more slimline now, Jimbo. Well done. Um, number 37. Yep. I've met the Michelin man, actually. came to my work once, yeah. Did he? Promoting tyres, obviously. But, yeah, yeah anyway. Oh, well done. Um, congratulations. Do you get a selfie with him? No. No, okay. <laughs> um, number 37. What does a real gentleman do? Is it design a building which requires planning permission, or is it destroy something with a JCB? Again, could be either. Could well, be yeah. either. That's why I've asked the question. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not as obvious, this one, though, but I, I do think... Uh, yeah, I think they'd like to design their own building, you know. Yeah, go, let's go for that one. And you'd be wrong. Oh. It's fun knocking things down, then, I imagine. Yeah, it, it says, uh, well, as well as destroy the building with the JCB, you can also use explosives as well, if you want. All right, okay. Um, if you can get some hands-on explosives. Mm. I mean, obviously, November 5th has just gone past. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, have you ever designed a building or knocked anything down with a JCB? I, I, don't, I don't think I've done either, no. Have you not? Okay. Have you? I've sat in a J- I've sat in a JCB actually right. in a live environment. Go to Digger World or something. No, no, actually on someone's garden. All oh, right, okay. And I've 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 driven it not very far, but I've tried to drive it. I've, yeah. I've gone to be fair, very pathetic so, length of time. Well, you said you'd not drove anything bigger than a Vauxhall Corsa, really. Yeah? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't really go very far. It wasn't it wasn't road legal on a public road. Um, but I did drive it and tried to use the scoop and well, there we go. Did, did a fairly poor job in all honesty. Well, I enjoyed that, Fisher. Well, thank you. I think now I've got a real list of things that are going to help me become a gentleman. Well, congratulations. So that is all we've got time for. Uh, please do get in touch with us at Waste of Web Space. Uh, that's Twitter and also Facebook as well. Um, website wasteofwebspace.co.uk. Yeah, we're trying to use our Twitter account a little bit more at the moment, aren't we? We're trying to, yeah. We're basically trolling politicians and uh, yeah. we don't want to use it for our own account. But if there's yeah. anything you want to share or you want us to talk about or anything we've said that we've failed to mention or mm-hmm. there's a bit more you wanted to add to anything, just get in touch and let us know. We're always happy for that. Or if there's any beers you want us to try, anything that you really suggest. Obviously, lots of Christmas beers come out this time of the year, so we could maybe start having some different Christmas beers on the run-up to Christmas. Yeah, if you're from a a bit of a rating. If you're from a brewery and would like to send out free beers, yeah, we will happily drink it for you and review your beer. Uh, We would say that the Three Swords beer from uh, the Kirkstall Brewery was very nice. Uh, Extra pale ale, extra... It was quite good taste to it, quite awesome. It was, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so we'll give you a shout out and say if you want to send us some more beer afterwards then that, that we'd happily accept it thank you very much it's just a way for us to get more beer okay thank you goodbye